Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016 I helped him launch his very first membership he had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership in his first launch he got a hundred and thirty members bringing him in about sixty thousand in income every year now He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 223. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and happy new year. So if you are listening to this at the time it comes out, we have just had the new year and I hope you had a good one. I hope you really enjoyed it. So in our household, we got locked down because one of our family members has COVID, um, my stepson, and potentially, obviously we may or may not get it, but I'm sure we will be absolutely fine. We've actually been in contact with quite a few people who have had it and didn't get it from them. So fingers crossed that these vaccines that I've had to help me not get ill are working or they seem to be anyway. So anyway, uh, so that's why we had no new year plans. Uh, we will probably just hang out at home, which is what we do tend to anyway, to be honest, we're not big new year's people. Uh, and we're not big Christmas people. I am, my husband's not, he hates it. I like literally hates it. So it's been a very quiet time for us, uh, this break, which is probably exactly what we needed. Anyway, on with today's episode. So I have done another interview. I mentioned to you just before Christmas that I was going to be putting interviews out because we've done so many good ones and I'm so far ahead. And in all honesty, it's much easier for me to put an interview out. And obviously, as it's been a you know busy time of year and I was wanting a rest, then interviews are the way to go. And also I was away right before Christmas. I went to Nashville and hung out with my beautiful, amazing friend, Mary Hyatt, who's been on the podcast twice. You can go and listen to her. Also got to go and have dinner with Amy Porterfield. So, and Hobie and Mary and Bentley. So that was awesome too. So, so good. So it was so lovely to see people in person again. I think this is 
something that I have really missed. And strangely enough, when I got back from Nashville, knowing that we'd got a quiet Christmas, I'd actually arranged to have some kind of open house get together at my home and we've had to cancel it. So that's a real shame because I think going to Nashville and seeing people in person really kind of reminded me how much I love doing it. But fingers crossed we can get back to that soon. So anyway, today we are talking to the lovely Pamela and Pamela is a content creator expert. So she has an agency where she will do content for you, but she also has an online business where she teaches you how to do content. And in this episode, we're talking about how you can't just go through the motions. And I think this is really good, especially if you're looking to plan what your content's going to be looking like this year. She talks a lot about that you can't just necessarily pick, you know, National Cheese Toasty Day and post about that if it's not right for your audience. So it's a really, really good one. It really good reminder of the types of content we're putting out there and the fact that we're doing it anyway. We're spending the time. So if we're going to spend that time, let's make sure we're really spending it well and putting the right things out for our audience. So I will leave it up to Pamela to tell you the rest. Enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. So I am very honoured today to welcome to the podcast the lovely Pamela Miller. Pamela, how are you doing? Hi, I am very, very well. I hope uh, I hope you're well too. And thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So there's a few reasons why I wanted Pamela on the podcast. The main one being her voice. Uh, and people often say nice things about my voice as well. So maybe this one we should just talk gently for an hour and you lot can have a little snooze and just lie there and listen to it. might get a gig on the cam app, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Pamela's got a lovely voice. I really like it. Um, so anyway, that's not just the reason I got you on here. Um, <laughs> so let's start, how, as I always do, by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us how you got to do what you do today. Yes. So I'm Pamela and I obviously live in Scotland, hence the voice. Um, so how did I get started? Well, I've worked in marketing for, gosh, over 15 years now, um, agency side, client side. Um, it was starting my own company where I really started to kind of open my eyes into how I could help other people. Um, I think when you sort of step into a nine to five, you just kind of, you know, you're in that different zone of focus, aren't you? It's all about the career ladder. But starting my own company was when I really sort of ignite my passion for helping other business owners and actually getting to see their wee happy smiley faces when you teach them something that makes them money or lets them be happy as well you know if they want to work less hours a week or something and you show them how to do that and you get to see their wee happy face at the end of it it's, it's you know so yeah yeah it's, it's like, so rewarding <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely mystery you're telling me <laughs> so yeah I have literally I feel like I've gone like full circle through the whole sort of like um corporate side if you will nine to five then into I, I originally started up setting up an agency business um and doing people's uh content and their marketing for them um and then I tipped into this where you know content clarity where you know I'm, I'm coaching people how to devise a content strategy how to upskill content creation because I think people tend to be quite overwhelmed scared video tends to be a massive source of panic for people um so just kind of like lifting the curtain a bit on on all of these different things because 
it doesn't have to be that scary, really, um, if you kind of just learn it bit by bit. It's funny, you know, because you've been in marketing a long time, like I have, same amount of time, actually. Um, the word content creator didn't exist, like, yeah. probably even like six, seven years, maybe, maybe a bit more than that, eight years ago, like it didn't exist. And now the fact that business owners have to become content creators is kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? It it really is. And I mean, when I say I am a content geek, like I at one point was a mummy blogger when I first had kids, right? So I've done that whole mummy blogger, YouTube channel, lifestyle blogger, homes and interiors. Like I've done the whole kit and caboodle um, and really worked my way through the ranks of creating content and working with massive brands on their content strategies as well it's and it is it's 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 funny to see how it's gone from you know only people like influencers would create content like you say right down now to just every single business even like the one-man band type businesses have to have a degree of understanding of it in order to be successful online so when you're talking content creation how would you, because sometimes I think, especially when I'm talking to business owners, sometimes they're like, say, what? Well, what are you talking about? Like, even when I say the word content, often I will yes. swap out the word content for posts if I'm talking social media content. So if, if you had to explain to me what content creation is, how would you do that? Yeah, people get really confused when it comes to the word content or they just think it's social media, right? And they don't think of other things like blogs and videos and email sequences and all that sort of thing but I mean essentially content creation is is creating a piece of valuable information that you can put out there through so many different channels right there's like I say more than just social media you know blogs YouTube's podcasts right for example yeah, email sequences but essentially it's designed to help navigate people from you know, just becoming aware of your products and services and offerings through to sales. And, you know, the beauty of creating this, it's it's almost like you're you're creating your own sort of Hansel and Gretel story, right? You're putting your own little breadcrumbs out for people um, to act as a sort of route to, to sale. Um, and it's, I, I just love it. I think more people need to think of content creation as not just ticking a box, right? Or some, somebody says, I have to post like, five times a week so I'll post five times a week or I have to post every day so I'll post every day and actually start to think a bit more clever about it and think well less about frequency more about how do people get from point A to point B and put those little bits and pieces in place. And do you think that like it's a great analogy the kind of putting the breadcrumbs down and leading them to the sale but do you do you often come against the it's a lot of effort for not the very quick reward. Like my experience is that content marketing is a slower burn thing. It's a consistency thing. It's a showing up when no one's paying attention thing. It's a creating stuff that your customers want to engage with and see, with, see but it's not a, someone's going to buy, you do a blog post, someone's going to buy tomorrow. That's not yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> so do you find yourself up against that in terms of, trying to convince people that this is a worthwhile exercise yeah I mean it's you know same can be said for Pinterest for SEO for you know for all of these other things but people understand that 
or they kind of know, they maybe don't know why, but they know that they need to be doing it because doing nothing isn't an option anymore. If you do nothing, you're just going to stagnate. So you have to start doing something. Otherwise, your competitors are doing it and they're laying those breadcrumbs out and six months down the line, they're benefiting from it. So unless you actually ever start, you're never going to get the reward from it. But the beauty of these things as well is that they are semi-automatic or automatic. And as much as once they are in place, they're in place, right? They're working hard for you. Um, And people are already on that bandwagon, right? Or that hamster wheel cycle of putting social media out. They don't know why, right? They're just posting every day because I have to. Ticky box, tick the box, tick the box. So they're already spending the time. But it's like, actually, for that time, if you posted less on social media and actually were a bit more savvy and used some of these other different methods and started to put that breadcrumb trail out, sure, it might be a longer burn or a slower burn, but you're actually starting to do something that's going to work. How long are you going to keep going on that? hamster wheel for when when it's not even getting your results so it it is it is you know a slower burn but I think people do realize now that they need to be doing something yeah yeah it is and I think like I said sometimes I that's a really hard conversation to have with someone and I give the story all the time Mm. about my podcast that basically and the people listening to this right now are like, all right, Teresa, I've heard it 300 times. You can stop that already. But like, it's the fact of it took nine months before suddenly I had that hockey stick effect that like yeah. it was little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And then nine months later, and my husband and my assistant at the time were like, what did you do? And I was like, nothing, nothing different. And it was just, I think the consistency and, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it almost to try and convince people to say, you've got to wait nine months at least to, to see how something goes can feel very hard work but I guess from my point of view what I say when when I talk about content is finding something that people love to do I love to talk I talk a lot so (laughs) this is perfect for me so is that something that you you kind of encourage when you help people come up with what content they should do Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, when it comes to, like you say, it's, it's that consistency. Nobody's going to stay consistent if they're being forced to do something that they don't enjoy, right? If you take an introvert and say, well, the only way you're going to be successful is if you do a live video every day, they're going to be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'll be fine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about finding something that you enjoy that, because ultimately in this day and age, your audience are pretty much everywhere they're spread out right you know you're gonna you're not gonna miss anybody out if you do a YouTube channel instead of a podcast or vice versa so pick the one that you're going to be able to do consistently right so for me I'm like I like to talk but I love video so for me YouTube channel right rather than a podcast and I realize that my audience would love a podcast but I'm gonna go down the YouTube channel route and that's okay right I'm not gonna miss you know audience out or anything like that because there's as many people watching YouTube videos as there are listening to podcasts and so it's again just sort of thinking you know well what do you like doing do you like do you like writing do you hate writing yeah do you like yeah do you like talking like for me obviously blogger blogger background knocking blogs out not a problem right can do it all day every day but you know again it's it's staying away from the stuff that you aren't enjoying or you can't do and ironically social media is probably one of the ones where where people start to get some kind of disdain 
because they start to compare themselves to other people and that's when the imposter syndrome creeps in and oh, I don't like going on the platform I see my competitors or nobody liked my post oh. and funnily enough that's when all the the horrible emotions come up it's from social media right so it's, yeah. it's bizarre that people seem so fixated on it when there's other options completely some of the options completely behind the scenes right email sequences no one sees that um, but again, people think that everything has to be publicly seen all the time, right? And and I guess the other thing is that when you get to a point where I am in my business now and I have a team to help me, mm-hmm. I can run different types of content in different types of places. And also I can repurpose my content. So, yes. you know, we're sat here and I'm recording this and we're on video. I don't have a YouTube channel, but when I do my episodes, I say I want us on video because I might use the video at some point. And at some point I might, you know, I might just put like a, you know, if I ask one specific question and you answer it, then that could make great YouTube content. But I'm only thinking about that now because I have a team because I wouldn't be doing it. Like I would be saying to them, there's a great question at X time. Can you now pull that out, edit it, put it on YouTube? Like, so I think as well, sometimes we see people's content creation and we feel like we must be doing that. And it's yeah. like, uh-uh, like you didn't see me right at the beginning because I wasn't as well known <laughs> as I am now. And at the beginning, I wasn't doing that because I couldn't, because I was just doing what I was doing. You know, yeah. so I think the comparison thing is a nightmare, isn't it? It is. It's it's just absolutely dire. And Again, people force themselves, especially at the start, to do everything, right? To put it all on their plate, like social media channels. Oh, I'll just take them all, right? I'll do every single one of them. But as I said, you know, your audience is fairly evenly spread now. And most people are in more than one place or two places, three places. So if you want to just focus on Twitter, just focus on Instagram, you can do that. In fact, it'll stand you in better stead for doing that than if you try and juggle them all because you juggle them all you're just diluting yourself you're not going to be spending the time on the platform engaging and getting the best from it it's uh yeah it's crazy and repurposing I'm glad you brought that up because that is the one thing that people don't stick at content long enough to benefit from because once you've been putting content out for as long as you and I have but even like if if people have been doing it for say three months, right? Six months by that point. Yeah. If you've been consistent enough to post a podcast every week for for three months or post on social media three times a week for for three months, the ability to then repurpose that content, you can straight up just repost in social media. Like don't even change the caption or the image, just fire it back out again, but you can tweak it. Or, you know, like you say, take that blog post and take that really important point out and and make it into a reel or make it into a TikTok or, you know, and it is just repurposing amounts to, at some point, amounts to like 60, 70, 80% of the content that you put out down the line. People never get to that point. And they think that they have to always create from scratch all the time and look for new ideas all the time. Yeah, I see that all the time, actually. Mm. And and the truth is they get nervous about, yeah. oh, well, someone's going to see that. I've already posted that. Yes. If only, if only that was the case, that when we post something, everyone sees it. It's everyone not- sees it and everyone consumes it in the order that exactly. we posted it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, so if I send that one thing again, which I've tweaked out, they're definitely, definitely going to know I've done that. Not in a million years. And I think I was going to ask a question about like, 
because obviously you work with people to help them create content yeah and years ago I always found that the hard thing that everyone struggled with was what do I post and I'm not entirely sure that that's the case anymore like I'm doing a as we speak I'm currently doing a content challenge within my academy we do a challenge every other month and it just happens to be about content this month or this week we only do it for a week and the first thing I got them to do was a decide what platform they were going to focus on because like you said we're not doing all of them so are you creating content for a blog creating content for social media for emails so they had to decide that on Monday on Tuesday I got them to brainstorm anything and everything to do with their business and I got them to literally take photos and funnily enough as we're doing the challenge my emails this week god it sounds like I'm so sewn up and everything so it was a pure fluke that this happened by the way my (laughs) emails this week are also talking about content creation and I literally have screenshotted a really scribbly mess that I had written my my brainstorm Mm -hmm. I think people are now realizing there is a lot that they can talk about so what 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 are they struggling with like obviously I've got some ideas but what do you find that when you're working with your membership what are they struggling with the most when it comes to creating content I think it's just I mean obviously there's there's technical when it comes to things like you know video or whatever again people maybe are trying to avoid avoid it or they don't understand it but when it comes to the actual creation of the content brainstorming and things like that I think it's almost like they're so overwhelmed by, like you see, the ideas or the possibilities. I think we kind of know now that, you know, content opportunities are in abundance in our business. We've, yeah. we've kind of gotten to that point now. It's trying to establish what is a genuine, decent content idea, what's actually going to do something for our business and what's just a pure and utter distraction. And um, so there's a lot of content distractions um, in our businesses. Exactly. and. So content distractions, you know, obviously we kind of had it drummed into us from every man and their dog that we should be posting like eight times a day, every day, whatever. And, you know, like, you know, this cup, so, you know, it, I like Harry Styles content opportunity, right? Like, brilliant. I'll just start posting Harry Styles stuff. But it's like, we need to actually understand what's that going to do for my business, right? Yeah. What's my objective right now in my business? Am I trying to audience build? Am I trying to nurture? Am I trying to promote and sell something? Where's my focus and what type of content should I be leaning into? Because if I'm trying to like get people to to see me as like fun and funky, maybe talking about Harry Styles would be hilarious. But, you know, what I do see is people thinking, well, you know, and it kind of makes me cry a little bit inside when I see people giving, you know, a list of October, right? We're into October now a list of all the awareness days for the month and it's like oh it's national cheese toasty day and it's national you know bring your pet rock to work day and it's like and you know I'm seeing business owners almost take that as gospel and be like well that's great I can overlay that onto my calendar there's my daily posting done because it's national cheese toasty day and it's like but what does that have to do with your business or what you're trying to achieve right now or the goal that you're working towards how is national cheese toasty day going to help you work four hour weeks and you, you're right. I think, like you said, we've we've gone past the I don't know what to post to mm. there are a million things you can post. Yeah. But it's getting bogged down with the stuff that is of no use to you whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, like we have this argument all the time of we've got to post the interesting and quirky and funny and engaging stuff because 
we're on social media when we're talking specifically mm. about social media because we're on social media and it's a social thing and you're not competing against another business you're competing against people's social life yeah so we get that but if it's only that or if it's majority that then it's pointless or if it doesn't align with so I I'm going to probably do a podcast on this in fact by the time yours comes out because I batch I don't know when the other one might come out but I'm going to do a <laughs> podcast on reels because yes. I like to say I kind of like tried to stay away from them as long as possible is an understatement I did <laughs> not want to do reels like the, I'd rather have a hole in my head because I felt like I'd look like an idiot I don't want to point at things I don't want to necessarily some lip sync I could imagine that I maybe one day might do but other lip sync listen by the time this comes out I've probably done loads of pointy reels right? <laughs> I've got like, a broken leg I can't dance my gig is up right <laughs> they're like hang on a minute didn't you say but like so I was really against doing that and then I had a call with a reels expert and we had a power hour type thing and I was like, I need it to be me. I need it to be authentically me and sit in with me and who I am. So the couple of reels I've done so far is I did one that was, oh, like a getting ready one because I'm always on camera. So I did this one and I, I thought I was rude. Did you see it? How yes. brave was I? Like no makeup face in my jammies, which was slightly booby. Um, <laughs> like, and I shut- Get the wrong audience there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a whole nother business coming over there um but like I shut my I opened my cabinet door and I shut it and when I shut it I'm fully done and I even yeah. wrote on it if only it was that quick like you know because again I'm really realistic and then the next one I did was what you see compared to what I see because I obviously have a nice setup and I have a nice camera and everything and then like the mess that is in front of me and my daughter stood by the door normally going can I have a snack can I have a snack so like they felt really authentic to me and to my audience so you know my audience lots of them have children and they know what it's like to be working from home and have the children interrupt them so yeah I think that for me is more key than anything like if it doesn't represent me and my audience and what they care about and what I care about then I don't care that it's a trend in tune or that yep. everyone loves that type of reel I'm not gonna do it like I just can't authentically do it. Yeah. And and again, this is I think the misconception or the distraction with content again is the the trends, right? Must the latest trend must do that, must do that, must do that. I mean, I've got people in my membership and you know, they've been wildly successful in reels in terms of reach. Um, I think one of them they got, you know, and she has maybe like 2,000 followers and she got like 400,000 on one of her reels. Amazing. Right. Which was like, whoa, but it didn't actually do anything. <laughs> I was right. Say, so it, anything to do with what she did. Well, it was, it was, yes, bless her. it actually genuinely was, but she's actually said, you know, that was great. And I was excited that I got in that reach, but I didn't actually gain anything. any audience or like followers. And if I did, it was like the wrong type of people. Um, and I didn't actually sell anymore or, you know, like what was the point? in me getting this 400,000 because it didn't do anything. Um, And so it is that that big distraction. Like Reels and TikTok, I am an absolute addict, right? But it is very, you know, like for reach, for discovery, for trying to sort of grow audience, I think it's absolutely, it's fantastic. It's, it's, It's knowing where it slots in because again, not every content type or execution 
is going to work its strongest for each part of the buying journey as well. You know, and you can you can kind of split it out. You know, it's like if you don't like selling publicly, right? Which I don't as an introvert. I'm like, you know, just don't like it. If yeah. I can get people to subscribe and get onto my email list, then I'm far more comfortable behind the scenes yeah. sending out email sequences that sell to them or an automated masterclass or webinar or something yeah. like that. So it's kind of using content wisely um, that's in tune with with you and it's going to actually work for you because if it does nothing, then... Then what's the point? What's, what's, what's and, the point? And these things take effort. So it's not like, you know, it's a <laughs> two-second job. It's like it takes effort. And... One thing I want to be really realistic about, and we were chatting about this before we got on, is that when you see those massive accounts, when you see that people have built up big profiles and whatever, I was talking to to my some someone I coach, and they've done really well, and their audience is growing, and they're doing really well on Instagram, and they've been doing a lot of reels. And I said to her, said to them, so what's your real strategy? And they said we post four a day. Who on earth? has got time to do that. Now, awesome that it's happening and they're doing it and they can manage it. That's great. I'm really pleased for them. Mm -hmm. But the problem is other people will look at that success and be like, well, why aren't I getting that? Well, are you doing four reels a day? Do you want to do four reels a day? And have you got the time to do it? No, no, and no. So I just think being realistic about what people achieve. Yeah. Like, Look, you know, again, like someone that I often used to do the joke of like Jasmine Starr, and they'd go, you know, do you want as many followers as Jasmine Starr? Yeah, that's fine. You can just show up consistently every single day for seven years because that's how long it took you to get to that level. <laughs> like, boom, there you go. You can be as successful as Jasmine Starr because that's the thing. They see her now and they see the hundreds of thousands of followers she's got. But look at how many posts she's done and divide it by one post a day, which roughly is what she's done she's been posting for a flipping long time so yeah I think people miss that anyway yeah we had a real like just general chat there which is lovely but what I want to do um for those listening is I really want to get into the process of how you come up with content because one thing that we as business owners in fact I think it should be all our middle names is overwhelm uh Teresa overwhelm he's wearing Um, (laughs) like because it's like just basically I was gonna say it's the buzzword but it's not even like a fake buzzword it's genuinely real uh that we are all overwhelmed in life as well as business and home and children and all stuff so how do we come up with content what process are you using that saves us time and gets us away from some of that process or some of that overwhelm sorry definitely so in terms of just think about what it is that you're doing in the next 30 60 90 days is 100% the starting point. So it's like, what are you trying to achieve? What's your goal? What's your objective? Are you in a promotional sales phase right now? Are you audience building for something that you're launching in the new year? Like, what is it with your soul focus is right now? And focus on that and make that your priority because distractions, distractions. But if you're trying to audience grow, right? Think about what content's going to help you do that. Is it, you know, is your focus going to be reels? And let's, let's be realistic about that as well as, you know, that was successful for that person, but it's not the only strategy. It's not the only way that you can grow your audience, right? You can grow your audience in a number of different ways. So it's finding the right one for you. So if posting four reels a day is like your idea of hell, strive for something else, but work out how you're going to, how you're going to grow that audience. Maybe you're going to do paid ads, right? 
whatever it is, you know, you're going to have an email download, could be anything, right? But stick to that and make that your focus. And then think about how you can get people's attention, how you can like stop the scroll and how you can be consistent as well, because that is 100%, 100% the one thing that's that's going to make any content strategy successful because if it becomes like going to the gym in January where mm-hmm. you go for like you know three weeks and then you're like that's it falling off the bandwagon you're never gonna you're never gonna achieve something at all you know yeah. you're never gonna achieve it but definitely look at your audience and look at the end goal of what you're up, like going to sell them eventually down the line and it's almost like reverse engineer it because mm-hmm. if you're in that stage of audience growth what's going through their heads at that particular point, right? They're maybe only just becoming aware of their problem. So what would grab their attention right now, right? So it's like, you know, maybe you're, listen, the one that comes up my head is I literally just hoovered the carpet in here. It's like, if your hoover's on its last legs and you're going to be replacing your hoover, it's, you know, what's in people's heads right now? You know, is it like, you know, thinking about pet hair? Is it, you know, thinking about how to to replace my carpet is it beyond it is it you know could I replace my hoover should I buy a new one is it the energy efficiency of new hoovers yeah think of all the things that are floating around people's heads right now and and put that into your content service-based then again think about the transformation think about the sort of end goal of what you can help people achieve so, you know, for me, for example, it's helping people with their content. So again, at that sort of audience building stage, what problems are going through their head? It's that blank page feeling of sitting down, not knowing what to put in a, in a blog post. It's not knowing what platforms to be on or trying to juggle too many platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, even like you said about trying to fit it all in with being a mum and having the kids in the house. And so think about all these things and pull all that into your content and use that for for audience discovery forget trying to sell to them yet right just you know almost kind of block that because again I think everyone gravitates towards the sell 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 buy my thing buy my thing and sometimes people were were so keen to say but do you want it now you know it's like you you might be playing like a four-week game but it's just desperate to say buy it now buy it now yeah I think you're right I think for me how I've got better with my content is having a longer term strategy is knowing Mm. what am I going to do? So, and actually, I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoy the periods of, I don't have to sell. Like if I never had to sell, oh, it'd be so nice. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I have expensive tastes, which is annoying. (laughs) I like champagne, Um, but like, you know, and more importantly, I have a mortgage and the school to pay for, but you know, like the, like I actually really just like creating that content and it's really nice when I don't have to think about oh and this is leading to a sale oh and this is leading to a sale so the audience building like bit the kind of awareness bit the engagement bit that's really nice I really like that bit of creating content yeah and that is snap right that's that's my zone of genius as well like that's where I gravitate towards and I've had business coaches tell me that in the past you know like you don't actually I never see yourself and it's like because I just don't like doing that you know I just don't I try and avoid it as well like the plague and I've kind of learned to accept that 
that's not me and, and she forced me to do it for four months forced me to go out there and sell on stories and stuff like that and it was like skin crawl time um but I learned to accept it's like okay did it work did it work for me right it wasn't wildly successful but I've worked my way around it right and if it's not for you that's grand there's other ways right so there's behind the scenes selling like I said email sequences that's when I'll get salesy because I don't I don't eyeball it I don't see it once I said it and forget it I'm not seeing it right so it's not like stories where I'm aware that I'm seeing it right (laughs) there's some different content is good for different things like that Mm. because you're right when I write an email sequence or when I write some emails I can write them and almost disjoin myself from sending them like because I write them and my team schedule them so it's like I can write them and not even think about the fact that they're going somewhere and someone's yeah. going to have them and, you know, and that's really nice. And I, I also, I'm really glad as well that you talk about emails because I think often people don't think about emails as a content mm-hmm. arm and it, and it totally is, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we just don't use um, all, all of the, you know, arms of content to their best of their abilities. You know, it's, you know, we, we immediately think of social media, but, you know, is it's like things like webinars, masterclasses, challenges, right? What are you putting in a free Facebook group? Are you using that? Email sequences, you know, email newsletters, mini courses, you know, given that way is like a free downloadable or something or the first module of a course if you're selling into a course. It's, it's just being very, very clever about it. We have to remember Ultimately, the main aim of content is that we intend to do something with these people at the end of it. Mm-hmm. We're not just we're not just making friends here. You know, it's not about I want to grow my email list to be the biggest or I want to hit 10,000 on Instagram yeah. so I can get the swipe up. We're, there's a sole purpose here, right? It's to make is to make money. Why are we making money? Well, it's so that I can only work four hours a week or my husband can give up his job or whatever it might be. So we tend to do something with these people. There's no point in collecting people and do nothing with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so let's say we've we've thought about the next 30, 60, 90 days ahead. We've decided we want to audience build mm-hmm. and we've thought about the end goal. So let's take my business, for instance. My end goal is very wide for my audience, like because they all have their own end goal and I help them get to their individual end goals because they're business owners. So... And one thing I, I like to talk about is the fact that whatever your idea of your dream business is, is what we work on. Because yeah. like me saying to you, you've got to get to six figures is just absolutely against everything I would ever say. So if it's not a common end goal like that, I mean, there are common things, obviously, that they want to feel under control, that they want their business to matter, that they want their income to matter, that they want to have a balance of actually I can run a business and still be a mom and you know don't have to like do every million things or whatever so how would you approach that as it's not a specific I'm going to buy one product or I'm going to buy a particular service yeah yeah so if everyone's if everyone in your audience end goal slightly differs you'll find that there's probably commonalities in that as well you know it's like it's not always like a hundred percent of the time, like you say six, because you'll see that floating around everywhere, right? People talk about 5k months, 10k months, you know, six figure years. And yeah. and it's not always the case, right? You will always have that person, you know, like me, who's maybe not as 
focused on the figures, but more focused on the amount of time I spend with the kids or can my husband give up his corporate job? And I'm so more focused on that. And I don't see anybody necessarily talking specifically about those things. But even I know that the thing that's going to get me those things, ironically, although it's not my main priority and my main focus, is the numbers. It's the financial freedom that's going to give me. You know, it's, it's time and money is always the two things weaved in there somehow and it's it's pulling that out and there's no reason you can't get specific to stop the scroll get really specific about the sort of common ones you'll always have the unique ones right the person that wants to like you know live off grid in a in a van or something like that and drive route 66 it might be one person in your audience so but um you know i think we were we all realize that it's time and it's money that gives us the, the the things that we want, whether that be super sparkly or whether it just be really normal and ordinary things. Yeah, yeah. So then, so let's say I've come up with some ideas. What what do you do next? Like, is it that you write out the post, you create things in Canva? What's your, like the actual physically creating it? What do you do then? Yeah, so I mean, obviously you're going to want to identify the content that you're going to be focusing on for that particular stage that's, you know, focus for the next 90 days so if that is audience building are you going to be using blogs are you going to be using an email freebie and absolutely it's like okay how am I going to do this then I think pretty much everybody's aware of Canva these days whether they use that whether they use Adobe Um, so again it's like going and creating the content but again try and think about things like if it's so common mistakes I see when people create content for social media Maybe they create a typography-led post where it's just like text yeah. on a plain background. A tiny, tiny font. Yeah. Bear in mind, people are scrolling, right? They're How can you? Yeah, they're on their phone. So again, it was actually one of the clients of mine. She was like, I, I minimize all of my Canva viewing Zoom. I think she zooms it down to like 30% or something like that. So she could see what it would be like yeah. um, as if it was on her phone. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, people, again, they'll be like, oh, aesthetically does that fit my feed aesthetically should I be using this color background that color background these things aren't really relevant what you should be thinking is stopping the scroll so again templates are helpful here right so yeah even if you can just go I mean Canva is great right it has great templates on there on there just make sure you customize them to your colors your fonts you tweak them a little bit so they don't look the same as everyone else and they actually look like yours um, or going to Creative Market is great. You can buy some great templates on Creative Market for like buttons, you know. Um, so I and, saw the other day, just quickly, I saw yeah. someone doing a story or a something about like how awful it is that small businesses would buy templates. And I thought, well, how's that awful? Like, and, and they were basically saying, you know, because if you're a dentist, you're not going to post the same thing as a nutritionist or whatever, mm. or, a you know, someone who makes homemade products. And it's like, yeah, but you're assuming everyone's got a good eye for design and not everyone has. And I would much rather someone mm-hmm. use a template and it look OK than spend ages trying to make something look all right. And it's just not your bag and neither should it be your bag. Like, I think sometimes we try and think as business owners, we have to be copywriters. We have to be um, yeah. designers. We have to be content creators. And it's like, no, no, you came into business because you're really good at the thing you do. So don't beat yourself up if actually you're just really not great at designing stuff. So I'd much rather 
people yeah. use templates and I use templates from a um from a kind of because I don't think I've got a bad eye for design stuff uh she says very frequently. <laughs> uh, someone else looks at it no that's awful um but like I use templates to give me ideas and, and I use other people's social media. So I'll look at someone's con, uh, Instagram and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like the look of that post. So then yeah. I will recreate something similar, but with my brand, mm-hmm. my fonts, my colors, my look, you know, and, and I think that's all right. I think that's yeah, fine. It is. And Pinterest is great as well for, for layouts and templates and ideas. Like you say, um, I, as as someone that's very visual and some somewhat creative maybe not the best at it I could literally spend weeks doing that Uh, like I could honestly and it's a source I know it's a source of distraction for me so again having templates and having set templates that I kind of use it stops me from falling down that rabbit hole every time I'm looking to you know create you know create a couple of posts because it's like okay there's my style, you know, that's the ones I'm going for. And when it comes to social media, sometimes having series-based content is great as well, you know, so if you regularly chuck out um, like a a, a quote or something like that, or, you know, maybe you have like a carousel template, maybe you have a tutorial-based template. Again, having, it's like, okay, well, every Tuesday I put a tip out, you know, it's like- Like this, yeah. Yeah, and it just, it kind of helps you kind of, stop falling off <laughs> into that sort of Alice in Wonderland rabbit yeah, hole. And I, like, would. <laughs> I spend hours in Canva. I flipping love it. Like yeah. I did a content bundle. Um, I have it. I don't, it's not on sale as we speak. It might be a, a time this is out. Um, yeah. But I had n- so much fun doing the templates. Like yeah. I loved it. Social media. I did uh, like square templates and landscape ones. And then I did story ones. And then I did like, uh something other can't remember what else ones but honestly I just love doing templates because I just love camper great it's fun ace, but it is, it is my it's biggest waste really, of time yeah 100 percent. yeah and you know again it's just arming yourself with things like that and and sort of you know realizing that you're not going to miss out as well like people can sometimes feel like oh I'll just refresh my templates every two months but it's like yeah. people become used to if they're scrolling used to your style used to your brand yeah. used to how you 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 know look visually on reels and things like that and so things like that are like gold and people don't realize that and they they see what other people are doing like, oh, I have to do that and change it out and it's like no stick with it yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. people always recognize my wallpaper right yeah. it's like it's stuff that people recognize that one of my members she has like like different pairs of glasses and stuff like that all the time it becomes synonymous with you it's like don't strip yourself of your identity yeah. every every 30 days just because you've seen something new that you like and you think oh I want to do that yeah. um yeah absolutely absolutely so uh just I'm super conscious of your time and we've been chatting um is there anything else that you would say that if you are going to try and get like on top of doing regular content that like what's your top tips or your advice for that it's definitely like people always tell me like I just don't have the time I don't have the time you will always find the time for things that work so I'm all about habits and momentum and consistency and you know as we've talked all the way through the podcast it is about finding the content types the executions and the frequency that you know that you can stick to because if you stick to things for even just a month you're going to notice a difference when you start to notice a difference, you're going to find more time for it. 
or you're going to want to outsource it because you understand the value behind it. And it is about that. And let's not forget, get to like month three and you can really start to like benefit from that repurposing thing that we talked about. When all your content, you can just, you know, put it back out into the world again very, very quickly. And your creation time then cuts drastically. So again, it is it is about consistency, manageable, and, you know, you will reap the rewards, definitely. And you're so right. Like, it has to be about the consistency without, mm. you know, and, and I've just introduced, again, by the time this goes out, it'll be, you know, many months on, but um, I've just introduced a new pathway to the academy and it has different stages and, and one um, has three different stages and then lots of different categories. And one of the categories is social and one of them's content. Mm-hmm. And it's like in uh, social stage one, I talk about just post four times a week, but make sure you're consistent. Like, and we, we do it in a really quick and easy way to come up with lots of ideas. Cause it's like, you just need to be consistent. And then it's like, you can't come to stage two until you've done that for months like a few months at least. So once you've got consistent, then we'll look at doing reels and other cool things and doing it on maybe more than a couple of platforms or or scheduling like really far in advance or whatever. But until you've done that, and I think what happens with content creation as with so many other things is people see, oh, I need to do a blog. Oh, I need to do a podcast. Oh, I need to do YouTube. But you're not even showing up on social media yet. So let's get sorted with that and then let's move to the next thing. And I think this is the problem. There's too many amazing options open to us. Yeah. And that then completely overwhelms us. Yeah, 100%. Distractions. Yeah. Procrastination. (laughs) Our favourite thing. Loads of rabbit holes going on there. Yeah, definitely. Like constant, just rabbit holes. This morning, I got up. I get up fairly early. I was up at five this morning. And I didn't look at my phone for hours and hours. In fact, I still don't think I've looked at my phone. It's like 11.30 now. Um, Because obviously when I get onto my computer, then all the main stuff is there and I can get everything. But I just, I can't, because I keep going down some rabbit holes. And when people send me TikToks and they're like, oh, look at this, this is brilliant. I just think I'm not even on it. I'm not even on TikTok. I daren't. I absolutely daren't. Because I don't want to give myself that other distraction. It's like, I haven't got time for this. I need to focus. And therefore, I've got to be really hard on myself. So Yeah, no, TikTok's my guilty pleasure. Uh, it's like, you know, when it gets to the end of the day, I can literally, and I will waste two to three hours in the evening. Oh, my goodness. On TikTok, back to back, because the algorithm knows what I'm going to watch. And it's cats, it's Harry Styles, and it's people getting their teeth veneered. Is the three things wow. that in my feet. <laughs> That is excellent. How very specific and good is that algorithm? It is. It's like, you know, it's got me hooked for hours. I'm like, oh, there's Harry Styles. Go, oh. <laughs> that is funny. So yesterday I had a call with my Next Level members and I was talking to them about watching Grey's Anatomy because I've, uh, I'd say I've only just got into it, but like I'm on uh, season 13 and like we've been watching it. So that's all I watch probably yeah. for the last three months. And um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's amazing. And, and this girl who was in my membership, she's like, oh my God, I love it so much. She goes, I've watched all of it and I'm all the way through now. I'm done. So I now on TikTok, all I watch is old scenes from, from Grey's Anatomy. Like people who've done TikToks about Grey's Anatomy, that's all I watch. So that is just brilliant. It's so very specific, isn't it? 
It is. I swear it's listening to what you're saying. That is um, and then it delivers every time. It's so different from reels because reels, I literally see other marketing people doing reels and things. Yeah. But on TikTok, it's it's pure Madness. personal, unadulterated Harry Styles. I, I can't believe it. Right. So what you're going to have to let me know is obviously we're recording this and I'm assuming your phone is near you. So yes. if you go on later and suddenly there's a Grey's Anatomy TikTok, <laughs> that is proof. OK, you've heard it here on the podcast. I will. Uh, if Pamela comes back to me later and says we came up, we've got proof that they're listening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I probably I've probably counteracted it enough by mentioning them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, she <laughs> don't show her, don't show her um, Grace and Natalie. That is brilliant. That is so funny. I love it. Pamela, it's been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As always, I will link everything into the show notes. Uh, but where's best for people to come and find you if they want to come and find out about you? Yeah, I hang out over on Instagram at Content Clarity. You can find me on TikTok, but usually I'm just a consumer of the <laughs> consumer oh, yeah. of the uh, Harry Styles <laughs> stuff. Um, but again, you know, contentclarity.com and the contentacademy.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you so much, Pamela. It's been lovely to have you on. Thank you for having me. There you go. That was lovely, Pamela. As always, I will hook up to everything in the show notes so you can go and check it out and see what she does. And next week, I will be back with a solo episode. And in fact, some really exciting updates to tell you about. It, it really makes me laugh when people say that. Really exciting. Yeah, it's exciting for me. May not be exciting for you. <laughs> Do you not think that's funny when I see that? Like someone's like, I've got some really exciting news coming up. And then they're like, I've just put on a masterclass. Like it's not that exciting. I mean, compared to some really exciting things. Um, so anyway, uh, some big changes are happening with me and my world, and I'm going to tell you about them next week. And also, we've got coming up some interviews that will help you or help me explain to you how we went through the process of the changes that are happening. So hopefully, we should give you a bit of behind the scenes. So, like I said, I hope you had a wonderful new year. I hope you are ready for an awesome year, no matter what happens, because we don't have control over that stuff. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWaring.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.